Well, good morning and uh, welcome to Soul City Church. My name is Jarrett Stevens. This is my wife, Jeannie Stevens, and we are the lead pastors of Soul City Church. Uh, Kurt asked you a very spiritual question a moment ago. It relates to what we're talking about this weekend, who your favorite celebrity couple is. And we're both pastors, and so obviously ours is Adam and Eve. <laughs> Mary and Joseph, a close second, but that's just how we roll. I don't know what you said. But uh, we are actually talking about marriage and, and, and that relationship specifically. We're in week three of a four-week series called Uncomplicated. And we're asking God to speak really godly clarity to our relational complexity. Because if we're honest, all of our relationships at some level are complicated, true? Just about every relationship you have in your life at some level comes with some level of complication. And so we're going to be talking really honestly from the heart of God, from two passages in the Bible. And then our hope is to give you a, a very practical principle that you can work out in your marriage starting today. And in fact, so generous is the wisdom of God that you don't even have to be married to put this principle into practice. You can begin to put this into practice in any relationship that you have, because all of us come to this weekend with all kinds of different understandings and experiences around marriage. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's impossible for Jean and I to try and speak to every unique perspective or experience with marriage in this room this weekend. I mean, just think about it outside of this room currently, we are in the very midst of a culture war about what marriage means and who it's for. And all of us have different experiences. There are some of you today who are married, and you know who you are. There are some of you who are not married, and you hope to be married one day. You may have been married in the past, but you no longer are. You may have suffered the loss, the death of a spouse. You may be on another marriage. For you, you may be hanging all kinds of hope on marriage, and maybe you have lost all hope for marriage. See, it's impossible for us to try and speak to every different nuance and angle, but what we've asked God to do is to speak from something that all of us can grow in, and it comes directly from his heart. And so for those of you who are not married, maybe hope to be married one day, our hope is that this would give you a principle that you can put into practice that could quite literally save you from years and years and years of, at the very least, complication, if not real pain and heartache. And for those of you who are married, that you would walk out of here with a new perspective on not only your marriage, but your role within that marriage and specifically your relationship with God. So we are so excited to dive into this today. And we really love being able to share from our marriage, from our story and from our journey. Now, uh, about a month ago, we celebrated 18 years of marriage with one another. We had our 18th anniversary. And uh, we do not have a perfect marriage at all. Um, we have had to work at a healthy marriage every one of those 18 years. Mm -hmm. But I thought I would bring along a picture of what Jarrett and I looked like 18 years ago. So this is us on our honeymoon. Guys. Okay. Guys. Yes, Jarrett does look like he's 16 years old. Uh, still do, still do, in so still many ways. Still do, babe, still do. Uh, yeah, still do. And uh, Guys, what is going on right in that picture? I look at that picture. We were, we were looking at it last night, and we were just laughing our heads off in our kitchen, looking at that picture. And I look at that picture, and we were saying this even last night. I was like, who are those I people? Who are those people? And the truth is, is that we are those people, but we are so different mm -hmm. than who those people were. 
18 years ago. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is that we have actually had many versions of the same marriage. We've had many versions of the same marriage. We've gone through so many different seasons with one another, which has resulted in so much growth and so much transformation that our marriage has taken on a different picture in the different seasons that God has walked us through. You see, I am so different mm. from who I was in that picture. Jarrett is so different from who he was in that picture. And those differences, they represent growth. They, they represent transformation. But the problem is, is that not all differences are easily embraced, are they? Especially those of us that are in marriage, our differences are not always celebrated. They're, they're not always embraced and rejoiced over. Uh, and now I know that this is going to sound very surprising, what I'm about to say. Jarrett and I, are very different. Now, it's when I say thing. very, you make it sound like a bad thing. It's not a bad thing, okay. but the very is in bold. Oh, okay. Well, it sounds like a bad it's thing. It's like a 50-point font, okay. uh, potentially underlined and highlighted. Okay? okay. The very is very. It's okay. very. We are very, very different. And Again, it feels uh, like it's a bad thing. No. <laughs> It's a good thing, it's but good it's thing. just really pronounced Different. between the two of us. Sure. Okay. Very pronounced. Good. And I, I thought I would share a few examples as would. to how these differences play out in our relationship. Again, good things, right, sure. differences. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll see after you give so me these examples. So organization, right? Okay, so organization is important to going through life, right? Having an ordered, organized life, it's important. And so in my mind, organization the way that it works is you, you like you draw a list, you put boxes at the front of that list, and those boxes are to be checked off once the task is accomplished, right? This is this is how you do it. That's how you do it. Yes, that's right. Yes. This is how you do and it. And Jared right. somehow believes that organization is through piling. Okay? Like you place a pile here, and then you place a pile here, you place a pile here, you Those, place piles in different okay, places. Okay, but that's a very complicated system that you don't understand. That's the problem, because we're different. We are different. It's a sign of genius, some people have said. It's a sign of some genius. Some people have said that. Some people have genius. said that. The problem is that you don't remember what's in the piles. That's know, the But, that's but when the I discovered, I'm excited. I get this, <laughs> here it is. Oh, that's where it is. Yeah, it's exciting. Yes. So organization is one of our differences. Problem solving, problem solving is another difference for us. True. Now, Jarrett has explained this to me f many times over the 18 years, uh, and, and we dated three years before that. So, you know, over 20 years, this has been explained to me. When Jarrett sees a problem, he sees the problem, and then he sees the solution, and that's all that he sees, okay? So it's, it's like a math equation, right? Like one plus one equals two. That's how you solve the problem. I see the problem as something to be looked at from many angles. Mm. I see the problem to be talked about, mm. to be discussed, to be viewed from this angle and from that angle, to potentially take some time to pray over the problem, to get together, maybe even have a date night about the problem. It just feels like another to, problem to me. To, 
just feels like we're adding problems to problems. So, so how we solve problems is entirely different. Entirely mm -hmm. different. I would say that's um, true. How we even how we listen. Okay, even how we listen. Jared has explained to me as well that in his thing up here, his brain, yes. that there's a lot going on. He's there explained is. to me that there's a lot of genius that's yes. always, yes. always Hence moving the piles. around. And so yes. for me, when I hear information, I take the information in, I listen, and then I say, is this what you're saying, right? When, when I bring information to Jarrett, I will have to say, did you hear what I said? Wait, wait, did you hear what I said? Wait, did you, did you hear what I said? And, it, and so it, like, it goes in multiple times before it gets processed down to the like, what, there's putting, like RAM yeah. and then there's the hard drive. Yeah. Well, and it just I'm putting what you say in piles when you say it. <laughs> piles in my brain. So it's just a different, it's just different. It's different. different. It's different. It's so different. These are differences we have learned to celebrate about one another right. over the last uh, 18 years. That's right. And th here's the funny thing. In that picture in, in Maui, those 16-year-olds that were really 23-year-olds, mm -hmm. uh, I loved those differences. I absolutely loved our differences. I loved how unique we were and how we approached the world differently and, and how Jarrett saw things and how I saw things. And I had no idea how difficult those differences could become when life became complicated. Mm. When life threw us a curveball and we found ourselves in a situation that we had no idea what to do, those differences got highlighted. Mm -hmm. They got even bolder. Mm -hmm. even more highlighted. And at times in marriage, what ends up happening is we take the differences and we allow them to have a power to draw a division between us. Mm. And we're going to find in God's word that that was never his intent. Yeah, we found it's interesting in, in our marriage, and maybe you can relate, that the, the things that once attracted you to someone are the first things you attack in someone when life gets complicated. Mm. The things that once attracted you are now the things that you attack in someone because they're the differences. They're not like you. And so very quickly and very easily, those differences can begin to divide. You used to love the way that she processed decisions or you used to love the way that he approached his finances or you used to love all their little cute quirks. <laughs> but now it's not so cute. And what happens is when we don't recognize and honor the differences, they can very easily become division mm -hmm. in our relationships and in our marriages. And if you've ever found yourself saying, maybe even out loud, why can't they just be more like me than this weekend is just for you? Mm. We're going to look to the heart of God about where those differences come from and how we can step into them together. So I want you to grab your Bible, uh, and we're going to dive into God's Word together. We're going to look at two different passages, but I want you to actually turn all the way to the left, and there's a Bible in your seat back or under your seat, uh, and, and turn all the way to the left to the very first book of the Bible. Uh, the first book is Genesis, and you're going to literally turn to page number one. <laughs> page number one. And so here's what I want to tell you about what's going on in the story. 
We're on page number one, so not much is going on in the story, okay? The context of what is happening is that God is in the middle of creating the world and everything in it. And so he finally gets to his very last act, which is creating man and creating woman. And we're going to look at two passages found in Genesis 1, verse 26 and 27. This is what it says in those verses. It says, Then God said, Let us meaning let us, the Trinity, Father, Son, and Spirit, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all creatures that move along the ground. Verse 27. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female, he created them. Now this is really important stuff. I wanna pause for a minute here. This is really important stuff for us to understand about who God is and who we are. You see, God, God in the distinct uniqueness and yet utter oneness of the Trinity creates us. And we get created in the Trinity's image. So we're distinctly different, and yet we're equally valuable to God. Mm. It's really amazing when you think about it. The text says that we are created in the image of God, that we have, every one of us in this room, we have something very distinct in common. We were all patterned after the same God. The person you are sitting next to you were patterned after the very same God. This is a uniqueness about you, but yet it is something that is very, very common. Hmm. You are the same in that you were patterned after the same God. Yet, God decided to make us different. We're patterned after divinity, Father, Son, and Spirit. They were essentially looking at themselves when they created us, but we are divinely designed to be different. The text says male and female, he created them. So we're divinely designed to be male and female, both patterned after God, yet differences that are deliberate. So essentially, your differences, male and female differences, are divine. Our differences with one another in how we approach life, how we move through relationships, how we relate to one another, those differences are divine. Hmm. They're not to cause division, they are actually patterned after divinity. Which when you think about that, that is very powerful and it's a great gift that we bring to our relationship with one another. I think this is really important to grasp because it gets uh, lost in our world and it gets lost when life gets complicated. Is that as we see this picture of sort of where our differences come from, how they were divinely given to us by God and from God, from the Trinity, it's very clear that men and women are created equal and have equal value to God. Distinctly different, but of equal value to God and therefore equal value to each other. One gender is not more important than the other. Despite what history may have tried to teach us, Mm. what was written in the very beginning of our story was that there's equality 
There is equality because of our oneness in our identity in God. Both are created in the image of God, male and female. And if you pay attention, both are invited together to work with God to take care of the earth. Both are. There is no hierarchy mentioned before sin among men and women. That they're equally of value to God, therefore equally of value to each other. They were not sitting around wondering kind of who should do what based on their differences and how they're created male and female. They weren't trying to wonder who should take over which role because of that. They weren't looking for someone in the relationship to be the spiritual leader. Their spiritual leader was clear. It was God. Hmm. And that's where their identity was rooted in. Not in any other sort of thing that was put on them by their culture, by the world, which we are all dealing with today. And this is honestly where we get it so twisted because when we see these differences, obvious differences, I mean, just look at a guy, look at a girl, different, right? And then there's all kinds of other ways, not, certainly not true of every person, but there are general differences and distinctiveness between men and women. And what happens is when we look at those differences and we fail to see those as actually deliberately designed by God, and we see a difference in someone else that we don't like, we get defensive. Hmm. And we begin to protect or project our differences as being more valuable. Do you get what I'm saying here? What happens and where we get lost is when we see a difference, you know, something that's unique about someone else and we don't like it, our defensiveness kicks in and we try and say, no, my difference, me being different from you, is more important than you. And it very quickly becomes a power struggle And very quickly, these differences between us can divide a relationship, can divide a marriage, and have huge implications. And maybe you have lived through some of that. So what do we do when we come face to face with a power struggle over my differences are more important than your differences and we lose sight of our equal value to God and to each other? Well, God gives us the most amazing path and principle that we can put into place in our marriages and honestly in any relationship you have. That's how generous the wisdom of God is. This applies to every relationship. And it's not just something that Jesus taught us, but it's rather something that he did. So I want you to move now all the way kind of over to the other side of the Bible to Philippians chapter 2. In the Blue Bibles, it's page 819. We're going to look at one more passage, and then we're going to talk about this in a real-world context, how this really works. Philippians chapter 2 is page 819 in the Blue Bible. Kind of move now, mostly all the way over to the right. This is a letter written by the Apostle Paul, wrote about half the New Testament. He's writing this letter to churches, and he's specifically speaking to their relationships with each other and how they relate and interact with each other, celebrating their divine differences, and yet holding up and honoring the equality that each of them holds in their identity in God. And so this is what Paul says. He's saying to them, he's pleading with them. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ. That means if being in a relationship with God has changed your life in any way, Paul says, if there's any comfort that you've experienced from his love, if there's any common sharing, see he's using this inclusive language, this oneness language, any common sharing in the spirit, the way that we relate to God, if any tenderness in compassion, then Paul says, make, you can hear him pleading, make my joy complete by being what? Like-minded. Like-minded. Now, this is very interesting because what happens when life gets complicated is all I see is our differences. Paul says, let me bring you back to something. I want you to see where you actually share, what you actually have in common, where you're actually 
the same. He says, being like-minded, having the same love, and being what? Being one in spirit. When I say being what, that's actually your cue to say the word back. It's not even like a pop quiz. The answer is literally written in front of you. And so I'm going to try that again for this room and for corner class. Let me try that again. He says, being like-minded, having the same love, being one. one in spirit and of one mind. And then he goes on to say, do nothing. Here's how you live that idea out of oneness and sameness as found in your relationship with God. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Just hit pause right there. How many of your fights, hmm. how many relationships have hit the rocks because of selfish ambition, my way, my differences dominate yours. Selfish ambition, vain conceit. I have to put myself first mm. if I'm ever going to have what I want. How many relationships? How many of you have been hurt or wounded by someone doing that? Mm. We know what that looks like, don't we? Paul says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but rather in humility value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. And then he gives this. Philippians 2.5, in your relationship with one another, have the same, there it is again, same mindset as Christ Jesus. In your relationships with each other, as you face the differences between you, there's a sameness that you're to have, the same mindset as Christ Jesus. And then Paul goes on to explain what Jesus did having that, that he came to earth and here he comes to earth as the high king of heaven. And yet he chooses to be the servant of this world and to offer his life fully and freely for any person to give the ultimate act of service, to sacrifice his life so that our sin could be covered and we could have relationship with him. Paul says, you know how Jesus did it. Be like him. Find your sameness in Jesus. That mindset of Jesus. Now, whether you realize or not, you walk into every relationship and each of us carries the mindset of this world with us. And the mindset of this world is you put you first at all costs, no matter what. Paul says, it's not about having the mindset of this world. You bring in the mindset of your parents lots of times into your relationships or what you saw modeled or not modeled. Paul says, no, that won't get you all the way there. Have the same mindset as Christ Jesus who laid down his life who did nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. This is how Jesus settled the difference, the distance between us and God that was caused by sin, which broke up that first relationship of Adam and Eve and which we've all been suffering from ever since. Jesus said, I will step into the difference and I will serve. I will lay down my life. And what I've found when I take his teaching seriously and the invitation of Jesus to find my identity in him what I found is that when I serve Jeannie, when I choose to serve Jeannie, it settles that selfishness in me. All of us have selfish ambition in us. All of us do. And when I choose to say, instead of serving my selfish ambition, but rather I'm going to serve you, it settles that selfishness in me and begins to align my life around Jesus. And when both of us are committed to doing that, even with our distinct divine differences, we can find each other in the same space when we seek to serve one another. Now, this has been 18, 20 years of us practicing and neither of us have it perfect yet. 
And my hope is that we get to spend a lifetime together practicing this principle of seeking to serve each other. And I'd love to share with you stories, you know, like here's how we're trying and here's how I'm failing at it. But what I'd rather do, what I'd rather do is actually let you have a peek into a couple marriages that both Gene and I look up to, that we love and respect. People who are leaders in our church and who are opening up their marriage for you to see the heart of God in them. So we're going to have a little square table discussion with uh, the Malnati's and the goals. So can we uh, clap for them for no apparent reason for them walking up? Thank you. And this is really fun for us because early on in our marriage, Jean uh, and I had this uh, a resolve that if we were going to sort of live into uh, the marriage that God has called us to and invited us into, that we would have to find help. And a phrase that kind of stuck with us is that we wanted to have friends that we wanted to be like. Friends that we wanted to be like, that we could look up to but be in friendship with. And I'm so grateful to call uh, Mark and Jeannie our friends and Greg and Judy our friends. And just real quickly by way of introduction, then we'll have them talk about their marriage. Um, Jeannie is one of our elders, as is Judy here of our church. They sit in spiritual shepherding and leadership over this flock. Mark serves on our stewardship team. And these guys have been here really from day one praying for and supporting what God is doing here. And Mark and I have been able to lead a small group together for a couple years now. Uh, very, very grateful for this friendship. And uh, Greg and Judy actually lead our soulmates class, which is our premarital preparation uh, to not just prepare you for a wedding day, but for a lifetime of marriage. Mm -hmm. And it sells out every time we open up the doors. And, uh, but I'm so grateful for the leadership that the two of you bring to the marriages of our church. So I thought we could do a little introduction. Mark and Jeannie, why don't you let us know how long have the two of you uh, been married? Well, this December, it'll be 35 years. And my, that's awesome. That's awesome. I'm, uh, I'm not sure how she's done it, but yeah, that's uh, right. it's been impressive. Me neither. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> only God. Only God. <laughs> and then Greg and Judy, how about you guys? For us, December, it'll be 32 years. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. That's really cool. That's really cool. Well, I'm curious. I would love to hear what have been uh, maybe one one or two of the greatest gifts of your marriage that you've received from one another? Um, yeah, the greatest gift, a surprise I didn't realize was um, I am not a great cook. I don't like to cook. And so I married into somebody business where I can pick up the phone and order a pizza. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Every night. Every I night want. if you wanted to. That's, that's right. a gift. Yeah, that's, that's a gift. right. Keeps on giving. That's right. I'm wondering that's if right. there's any other gifts. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I would say um, what was modeled to me for my parents, they were married almost 50 years, um, was what I thought our marriage would be. Um, but to find out that it can be so much more. And so the companion, the friendship, the walking hand in hand um, through life. And Mark is there for me no matter what. Mm -hmm. And that's just a huge, huge gift I didn't expect. Mm -hmm. That's great. Curious about you guys. What have been some of the gifts that have come out of these 31 years of marriage together? Okay. Um, Judy actually was struggling with this question, which was disturbing, because I, <laughs> I, I kept thinking, you get to be married to me. What, That's it, I mean, what, a, what a deal. What else? Come on. But, um, what a gift. So after, after we spent a little more time, uh, I, I was thinking back, it, kind of along those lines, it, it, you know, I get to live life with my best friend and, uh, every day. 
It's really cool. Yeah. Uh, That's beautiful. It is. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. And uh, so, but, but one real example, this happened, it's now six years ago. So in 2000, I work in finance and real estate, which has been okay over time. In 2008, that was not a great combination. Mm. And so in the kind of late summer, early fall there, every day I'd go to work, and every day I would lose a lot of money for my clients. I'd mm. lose a lot of money for ourselves. Mm. And, and I'd get to the end of the day and hope it was better tomorrow, but the next day it was about the same. Mm. The next day was about the same, and it went on for quite a while. Mm. And, the, um, and you just had this profound sense of failure. Mm. Uh, so I've, I've failed Judy in many ways over the years. Uh, but this time was particularly hard, and and what was so cool was that in addition to just being my best friend, uh, she had this commitment that uh, you know you you take your vows and it's better worse rich or poor mm -hmm. and so on at this point a little poor, mm -hmm. and um, uh, she never failed mm -hmm. to respond in a way that was really supportive and encouraging and really cool. It's part of how we got through that really long fall. Mm. Mm. So, that's really, good. really great. So obviously there's gifts. There's, there's great gifts. And I'm sure that y'all could go on for a while to talk about those gifts. But as we were just discussing, there are also differences. Uh, and those differences are divine, but those differences can also get in the way. And I'm, so I'm curious to hear uh, what are some of, of your differences and how have they been a challenge in your marriage? Well, I, I think early on we found out that Jeannie was uh, imminently empathetic and compassionate and, and that I was none of those. And, uh, and that she, she really worked hard to kind of bring me along and develop me and, and turn me into a guy who actually had feelings and, uh, and was able to even start expressing those. Mm -hmm. um, that, was, that was probably the most distinctive difference. And you know, I think another thing, you know, just as far as you know, in the here and now, uh, you know, I've learned to kind of moderate uh, how I hold Jeannie's differences. And so mm -hmm. this morning when she said, you know, hey, I'm going to be ready in five minutes, I've learned not to, not to bet the ranch that that's going to happen. And, and so, you know, Instead of like standing over her and saying, come on, come on, let's go, you know, I get to determine how I'm going to handle it. And so I went and I read the paper and, and I, I got a workout in. And, then, and when Jeannie was ready, we left and I handled it fine and she yeah. was fine. And that's a great example, Mark. What a, yeah, that's a great example. <laughs> Honey, it mattered. I knew I was going to be sitting up front and my shoes were going to show, so I yeah, wasn't sure mattered. which ones. It's very important. Very important. Mm. Very important. Yeah. 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 It's good. It's good. Mm. I love it. Well, for you guys, I, I know this is kind of jumping from the differences that you know, can tend to divide or can very easily, very quickly. Uh, I know that both of you have really tried in your relationships with God to model that mindset of Jesus to serve. And so what has it meant, we'll ask you, Greg and Judy, what does it practically, tangibly mean? It's, it's a big concept. How have you done that? How have you had that mindset of Jesus to say, I will step into these differences, and instead of trying to dominate with my differences, I will choose to serve? What has that meant for you guys? 
I think it gets back to what you were talking about before, the selfish, letting go of the me mm. um, and having more of the we, mm. uh, yeah. which you mm. talked about last, last week, week, I think. Mm -hmm. And um, I think for Greg and I, it, it goes back to the example of, of God and Jesus um, in terms of their type of love, agape love, being primarily concerned with someone else's well-being, mm. irrespective of the cost to yourself. Mm. And that's hard, because mm -hmm. uh, we are about us, uh, mm. me. Um, I think especially early in a marriage, that's hard too. I remember when we first got married, we, we were both very individually, minds, our mindset was this is what I'm going to do. Mm. And to really um, put that at the feet of Jesus and say, no, what is it that we should mm. be doing? A, a real quick example, uh, Greg was finishing grad school and I started applying to grad schools and he was looking for a job. And he would come home from job interviews all over the country and say, oh, this would be a great place to live. And then I'd start scrounging to look what grad schools were there. And, and we realized, you know, we were so individually minded mm. that we were thinking of ourselves and not really saying, okay, what would be best for us? Mm. Maybe I have to mm -hmm. put down what yeah. I want here. Um, mm. Now it ends up that God, if you put it at his feet, he will, he will do what's best for both of you. And, and we ended up in the place he wanted us to be. I don't mm. know if we would have ended up in that place mm. if it was about me. That's amazing. So <laughs> yeah. when you both came together and said, we will serve each other by kind of laying down our agenda and listening to God that you actually ended up in a far greater place than you could have if you would have fought for your own way. Mm, yeah, that's amazing. That's awesome. What about for you guys? What would you say? What has it meant practically, tangibly for the two of you to really serve each other well? Yeah, early in our marriage, um, I realized, boy, we're really different in how we like to be loved. Mm. And so I don't know if you've heard of, there's a book about five languages of love. Mm -hmm. And what we did practically was to each write down what were the top five things that, um, like what were the top five things that would speak love to me, that he could do for me. And he did the same thing. And I was surprised when his list, and it holds true today, so really 35 years later, have my favorite cereal in the house. <laughs> Easy. Fresh fruit for my cereal. Um, whole <laughs> it makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah. Homemade chocolate chip cookies it's to have in my car. And it. I'm like, whoa. Because my list was <laughs> for us to sit down and talk and just go deep and like this big long list of things. And so, <laughs> right? So practically, it's, it's true. So it's a great question to ask one another. Mm -hmm. And last night, I'd been out of town traveling. He'd been out of town traveling. All he wanted was to have a bowl of cereal <laughs> last night. And we had the cereal, and there was like, there's no fresh fruit. <laughs> and I chose the selfish way that I didn't go to the store and get them. I knew I was not. Instead, I called call and ordered a pizza. I mean, <laughs> I mean that's like fruit. It's like fruit. It's like fruit. It's, like it's fruit. practically a salad. Yeah, that's right. That's right. A lot of vegetables. Yeah. Yeah. But one thing I do want to share. Um, so my, my, I love words of affirmation. And I remember asking Mark a couple years ago, a way that you could love me is through the written word. And so I asked him if in the morning, um, you know, at times he could leave me love notes. And you get an A++ because I have a pack or stack literally this big of little love notes that he leaves for me in the morning and I feel loved and so he's taking the time to love me. That's yeah. very cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Good job. Good job. I, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling challenged here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
You either gotta write some notes or get some fruit. Judy's stack is about this yeah. high. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Really I mean, we'll work on it. We'll work on it. Oh, I knew this would happen getting yeah. up here with Mark. That's right. That's right. That's right. So, as Jarrett mentioned, both of you are a part of Soulmates. You guys lead Soulmates, and I know that you guys are mentor couples for uh, couples in our church that are engaged and they're looking to be married, and they're they're planning a marriage, not just a wedding. That's one of the big things about our Soulmates ministry. And I'm curious what you would say to to those of us in the room that are engaged to be married, or those of us that are married. What what kind of advice? from your collective 35 years and your 31 years that you would say to those of us that are married in this or engaged to be married, uh, to have a fulfilling and, and deep relationship with one another? Hmm. Well, I think early on, and early on counts up to like last week, um, <laughs> and we were both just insanely committed to being right in every argument we ever had. and. Um, I, I think what we've, we're learning is that that right is different in the eyes of the beholder, and and that there, it's not really a good fight, mm-hmm. and and it doesn't it usually doesn't end well because, you know, I, you know, whoever's the most stubborn kind of holds out, right? Um, we're learning to practice this little little thing we call a redo and you know biblically it would be called forgiving and forgetting you know uh, we so last night for instance um, we're playing cards with some of our kids and uh, and I had just gotten home from being out of town for a couple days Jeannie had just gotten home Uh, I called her on the way on the way from the airport to say hey honey excited to see me it's been a while and and she was like you know, I got a f- couple things to do. You know, call me back in a few minutes. And, and I'm like, what? <clears throat> Aren't you excited to see me? And, and she goes, well, I, I will be, but right now I'm... You know. <laughs> Let me get and, there. And so uh, I was like, you know, what's this grouchy pants stuff? And, 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 and we got home, and you know, so we're playing cards. And I noticed that when she didn't trump a certain trick that would have led to us winning the hand and... Um, and we lost. Um, uh, I exploded a little bit at her and said, called her a bad name or something. And, and, and you know, it was like... Ouch. Yeah. And, 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 <laughs> like, and I, ouch, what's going on? And, I, you know, I realized in the moment that, you know, I had been hurt earlier. And, you know, when, mm. when you responded negatively to me or didn't, you know, didn't, weren't so excited about seeing me. And, and I just, you know... I carried that without express without coming home expressing it you know kind of doing a little bit of a clearing and and I had to say honey will you give me a redo on this I want to I want to get a little deeper and um, mm-hmm. you know I, I don't want to act like that toward you mm-hmm. and Jeannie immediately said redo done mm-hmm. and the slate was just wiped clean mm-hmm. that's awesome yeah. wow yeah. it's a great principle it's a great principle to be able to give one another the gift of that redo mm-hmm. um, yeah absolutely I'm curious about uh, the two of you, and, and what would be some of the things that you would say to those of us in the room that are married or engaged to be married? Greg and I have realized that we need lots of help and lots of support in mm. our marriage, and so one of the first things we did was we got into a small group for mm. other cu- with other couples who were newly married, and that was amazing um, because people, you don't have to be with people all at the same life stage, but at that point in our marriage, it really helped. 
And we were living in New York. We didn't know anyone out there. Uh, and these, these people became our family. And mm. they helped us through the difficult stage of being newly married. Mm. And we are still friends with these people today. In fact, we were just with two of the couples last weekend at a wedding of one of their kids. Wow. So it, it's really neat. But spiritually, it helped us. Emotionally, it helped us. Just mm. practically, we're all mm. living, uh, living life together. Mm. So that's been very helpful. Yeah. So that's another plug for the small groups here, that's right. um, uh, which it, they are so yeah. helpful. It doesn't have to be couples all the same uh, right. stage, though. Sometimes it's better not uh, yeah. to be at different mm. stages. Yeah. I think one of the other things that we started early, and, and this has been really helpful to us, we we have very different uh, gifts in life, talking about differences, and very different spiritual gifts. And so, uh, you know, sort of left to ourselves, you know, I'm always on the building committee or the trustees or all the boring committees, frankly, <laughs> that, that nobody else is willing to do. But the little bit of us, you know, we, we like that. So, and then Judy does speaking and teaching and more uh, sort of outward stuff. And we, in fact, early in our marriage, we would like meet at LaGuardia on out, you know, opposite weekends because she would be gone uh, speaking every other weekend. And so we, what we figured out though was that for us, finding a way to serve together uh, gave us, uh, first of all, some time to eat because all of these things are, uh, you know, sort of in your spare time. But also, you felt like you were battling, you know, mm -hmm. together. There, there mm -hmm. was a, a real bonding that came out of, uh, it's like playing a team sport mm -hmm. in, instead of an individual sport. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, sometimes it went poorly, sometimes it went well, but it was a, a wonderful shared experience. And yeah. uh, it's not all we do, but it's, it's something that mm -hmm. we always try to have at least something uh, where we're sharing that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's Can fine. I just give yeah. one other? Um, sure. One other thing that's been really helpful to us is to uh, schedule or prioritize time together. Mm -hmm. And um, I know you guys do date nights mm -hmm. and, uh, once a week or, mm -hmm. or something like that. We haven't been able to do that because of our travel schedules. So we've found activities that we do together. We've always exercised together since mm -hmm. we were first married. We used to mm -hmm. run, and then four knees have given out. And um, <laughs> that's how old we are. Mm -hmm. and, um, and now we walk together if we're both in town every day and have time to process and so mm. just finding something Active that you can to do, do together, together because otherwise life life will take over and yeah. you won't yeah, get something together. intentional scheduled mm -hmm. committed first priority that you yeah. do together yeah, yeah. 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 Awesome. Can I say one more thing? Yeah, sure. A big principle that we've realized in our marriage is um, to to stop trying to change one another and really appreciate and respect the differences. Mm -hmm. And for a while, and I don't know if anyone can agree, but it's easy to play the blame game. You know, when something goes wrong, it's like it's his fault, it's his fault, it's his fault, or it's my. Or, you know, he says it's my fault. Mm -hmm. And instead, to really like turn it around and point the finger here. How can I do it differently? Um, can I grow? Can and I grow? yeah, and to extend grace um, in the moment. Like this morning, for example, we're preparing to come here and I'm wanting to talk and process about you know, what we're gonna talk about and I'm feeling nervous and so I like to talk it through. And Mark closes down and he's in his head and he's thinking and, and another time I could have gotten upset and angry and like, created drama around that and instead it was like I was good I stepped back and gave him space you know to be and do it how he needed to do it and mm -hmm. I did it my way so yeah mm -hmm. not if that makes sense but absolutely yeah cool. yeah I, I think well I love the, the 
the four of you not only give tremendous leadership to our church, we're so grateful for how you lead in the trenches and lead the, you know, what God is doing here, but thank you for opening up your marriage. It's not an easy thing to do. Imagine kind of opening up your life in front of, you know, a thousand people or so, and, uh, and so we're so grateful that you do that, not only here on stage, but you do it again and again and again uh, in your relationships and in this church, and we are so grateful that what we find in the center is Jesus Christ at the center of each of your marriages, and we're so thankful for each of you uh, as friends. So can we thank these couples for being with us? You know, I think it's a powerful invitation as we close out this morning. Thank you, Sharice. I think it's a powerful invitation for you to consider. Again, whether you're married or thinking about getting married or hope to be married one day or again one day, to just think about what you've heard here today and the invitation that comes from the awareness that there are differences, to not be surprised by those, to not be dismayed, to not be overwhelmed, to not try and dominate over someone else's differences with your own, but to see that that person has equal value to God because they're created in the image of God just like you. And to say that there is a way through our differences. There's a way to settle my selfishness, my selfish ambition and vain conceit. And it comes through the very path that Jesus himself walked Mm. to serve, to lay down my life, to lay down my agenda, to lay down my right to be right and say, I will serve. I will come and find and seek and serve however and wherever I can. Can you imagine a marriage built on that? What God might do in and through that relationship. And so that's a powerful, powerful invitation for us this weekend. And you know, we know that it is complicated. It is complicated. Marriage can be very complicated. And we want you to know that this church is committed to walking with you. This church is committed to you having a marriage where Jesus is at the center. And what's amazing about Jesus is what is at the center of Jesus is forgiveness. And you know, probably one of the greatest uh, gifts that we have found in our marriage is a few phrases that we realize that if we don't say them, most likely every day, then something's probably wrong. And that is the phrase, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, will you forgive me? I'm sorry, will you forgive me? And then one of the other phrases that we have added to that is, let's pray. You know, putting Jesus in the center of your relationship, I'm gonna tell you, you can go to Barnes and Nobles today and you will find piles upon piles upon piles of books on how to have a great marriage and they're all very helpful. Friends, if Jesus is not at the center of your marriage, it is going to be hard. Jesus, Jesus is who will bring the two of you together, who will bring those differences together, and who will settle the selfishness. And you will become more and more and more of who God created you to be. That's not on the notes. I'm just adding that to you. (laughs) Jesus is who changes it all. Jesus is who changes it all. And so those of you in the room that are married, Um, and those of you that are engaged to be married, we actually want to give you an opportunity to realign where Jesus is at in your relationship, to put him at the center this morning. So we're gonna actually ask those of you that are married and those of you that are engaged to stand up right now. 
So we're if your spouse is here or your fiance is here, go ahead and stand to up face with one them. another. So go ahead and turn and face your spouse or your fiance if they're here. All right. And we actually want to take a moment right now to bless you and for you to bless each other and then to pray for you. And so I'd actually ask you to face each other and grab your hands. And there were vows that were said uh, maybe months ago, maybe months from now, maybe years ago, that sounded great when you were all dressed up in a church, but then real life hit, and it's complicated. And you may have forgotten the promises and commitments and covenant that you made to each other. So we just want to help give you a small reminder today to remind you of each other and of the life that you've actually been created and invited into through Jesus. So we're going to say some vows to each other. And you're going to say them at the same time. All you, it's just like your wedding. All you have to do is repeat after me. <laughs> but we want you to take this moment, look into each other's eyes. It may have been a while since you've done that, actually. To look into each other's eyes and then repeat these words after me. I love you. I love you. You are different from me. You are different from me. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. I choose you. I choose you. I choose to see you. I choose to see you. I choose to serve you. I choose to serve you. I choose to seek God with you. I choose to seek God with you. I want to ask everyone else in the room if you would join us in standing up. And it's okay, married couples, if you want to keep holding hands. And everyone else stand up. And we just want to close with a prayer over all of our lives and our relationships. You know, the Bible says that the way the world knows those who belong to God is by how we love each other. That's it. It's not by being right. It's not by being the loudest. It's not by buildings. It's not by any of that stuff. It's how we love, how you love, how I love, how we love each other. So that's why this is so important to us. Whether you're married or not, it matters how you love. And the greatest way to love is to know how loved you are by God. And so I thought we could just pray over you and with you right now. And uh, so if you join me in doing that, God, I pray for every relationship in this room. And God, we know you know far more than I do that there's a lot of joy and there's a lot of pain. There's a lot of years and there's a lot of anticipation. There's a lot of hope and there's a lot of hurt. And Jesus, it is you who heals and who restores and who leads and who provides and who modeled for us a way. You gave us a principle that you yourself chose to serve. And we thank you, Jesus, for that, that you went all the way, that you never once played the God card, that you laid down your agenda and your rights and you gave your life for us so that we could have life in you and so that our marriages can be saved and changed and transformed. And so God, I pray over every marriage. It is hard and complicated. God, I pray that they would be reminded and renewed by your love today. And for every person who hopes or longs to be married one day, God, I pray that you'd fill them with a vision of what their marriage could be like when they choose to bless the differences and seek to serve. And God, for every soul, every heart, every person who's been hurt, from a relationship that's gone sour, gone south, gone bad. God, I pray for your healing mm -hmm. and hope for their heart right now today. We pray this all in the name of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Amen.